Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We are not doing this, however, without considering the works we are committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Thank you, Stephanie. I also want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day. It's tomorrow, but it is a Memorial Day weekend. I know we have a lot of people who have gone on vacation enjoying the three-day weekend and then are going to be coming back home. But the reason we can even do that is because thousands and thousands of men and women never did come back home. And we need to remember that. And I do want to acknowledge that sacrifice. And would you pause with me for one minute as we just remember the cost of our freedom and the things that we enjoy came at this great price. Lord God, a minute seems like such a little time to offer of such a huge sacrifice. But Lord, we acknowledge the lives that have been given so that we can live our lives. Lord, we recognize the devastation to thousands of families as they have lost 
husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, sons and daughters, grandchildren. And Lord, it would be a shame to forget. And it would be a shame to not recognize the cost of living the life that we live. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to honor this day in more than a way of just celebration, but the memory. We do lift up those men and women who are serving even in the military now. Your hand of protection would be upon them. And, Father, we do pray for peace. We pray, Lord, that you would bring peace even through us, that we would be peacemakers, Father, that you would use your church to change the hearts, the minds, men and women all over the world and take them from being enemies to brothers and sisters, that we would care more for others than we do ourselves, Lord, that we would live out this faith in such a way that it would change the world around us. And I pray for this morning, Lord, that you would, again, incite, Lord, our lives with the revolution you started so many years ago. Lord, might what gripped your heart grip ours this morning. And may we be changed because of your work in our lives. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This past Thursday, we ended our 40-day challenge, our prayer challenge. For 40 days, we met every morning at 167 North 2nd Avenue, the building that we were praying about and praying for to get. We would meet here Sundays. We didn't meet at the place on Sundays, but every day we were there for 40 days. And again, I'm so grateful for all of you who went out there and made it there. There was not a, a time when there was not a good-sized group of people. And we are going to continue praying, not every day there at 2nd Avenue, but we are going to be praying every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock from 10 to about 10.20, every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock there at the Genesis building and as of right now, we're going to be praying Friday mornings again at 710 there at 167 North 2nd Avenue. If that location changes, we'll let you know. And so this morning, I thought it would be good to talk about really the things that are most important, what matters most in our lives and, and the core values that we have here. And sometimes we need to kind of recalibrate the way we're thinking. You know, whether it be with Memorial Day and thinking that this is just a three-day holiday and recalibrate and say, no, this is a day where we remember the cost of freedom. Every now and then you have those apps on your phone where it tells you to like to turn it in a circle. You guys have that where you have to like make it, it needs to recalibrate. And some of you, some of you don't have those apps, I guess. Some of them like for the stars and stuff, like if you're going to find out, I don't know what happens or some of the maps, you know, you recalibrate it. And if you don't, you end up in Bakersfield or something, you know, you just, uh, how did I get here? I was going to LA. No, it, you didn't calibrate your phone. You should have known. But we have to recalibrate our lives sometimes. We have to, to remind ourselves of what matters most. 
We have to remind ourselves of the things that are important, the things that really are what we are about. And so we, we want to keep those core values at the center of who we are and the center of the things that we do. Because what matters most to Jesus should be what matters most to us who are followers of Jesus, who, who bear the name Christian. We, we want to carry that on. And when Jesus poured his life into Peter, James, John, the other disciples, when he called them and said, come and follow me, as he made them disciples, he was making them to be the people who carried on his work. And carrying on his work, that's what the disciple does. That was then passed on to us because he told them to go and make disciples, which is us. And the church of Jesus Christ is on mission. Every disciple is a missionary. We are the called out ones. And when God's spirit comes, we become witnesses. We don't go witness, we become witnesses. We are the ones who witness what God does when he takes hold of a life and he changes a life and he gives us new life. He gives us new hope. Now we are witnesses to that and that's what we want to proclaim. And so turn with me to Acts chapter one. It's important that we recognize that When the Spirit of God moves, there is movement. And if there is no movement, then there is a lack of the work of God taking place. And so if we are going to be the people of Christ, then we are to be people who are on the move. We are not people who are getting comfortable. We're not people who are just waiting for the end to come. We are people who are a part of the work of God. And in Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 6, says, then they gathered around him, Jesus, and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said, go to the bookstore and you'll find a shelf all about this on how to take place. No, that's not what it said. It says, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. That verse should just end a lot of questions, but I'll just leave it there. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice that it's plural. You will be my witnesses. It's not just one person. It is his people. It is we who call ourselves by the name of Christ that have become witnesses. And it's interesting because when the Holy Spirit comes, then we will be witnesses. The idea of the Holy Spirit is is the idea that God is going to be the one who gives us this witness. He will be the evidence of what God is doing because now he is doing it first in us. And we get really the glimpse of this, the beginning in John chapter three. So turn with me there. This is a passage that I think most of us are familiar with. When Jesus was confronted by Nicodemus the Pharisee in John chapter three, 
Starting at verse one, it says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So you are from God. So we're expecting you to do the things of God. We recognize this. And Jesus's answer, it, it's so, it almost seems like, wait, that's not what I was coming here to find out about. But Jesus tells him what he needs to know. And he's telling us what we need to know. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And so here we see this idea of the kingdom of God. That, that's God's rule. That's where God dwells. That's the, the place that God is establishing. No one can see this unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. There's an interesting play of the words here because the word for wind and the word for the spirit are the same word. It's the word pneuma. And so everyone who's born of the wind kind of moves like the wind. Jesus says you'll be waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And remember in Acts chapter 2, the spirit came like what? A rushing wind. It is this motion of God that then moves on people and then the people move in the motion of God. And you see, we see at the very beginning that the kingdom of God, for it to be seen, we have to be people of the spirit, people who are moved by God, people who have the spirit of God within us. And then we are the ones who are doing the work of God, moved by the spirit of God, moved like the wind. And so we are to be people who are in motion. It's important that we recognize that this was this purpose, to go and make disciples of all nations. That we are here with purpose. We are here to be people who are on the move, carrying out the work of God, doing the things of God, it's so interesting because Jesus rarely talks throughout the Gospels about salvation in the way that we're used to talking. He doesn't talk about people getting saved. He says, Nicodemus, or, um, Zac, uh, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this home when he gave his money that he had taken improperly to those who he owed it to. Salvation has come to that person. It doesn't say that, you know, people are getting saved. He talks about the kingdom of God. But then Paul doesn't really talk a lot about the kingdom of God, but he talks about salvation. And we see that they're really working in the same thing, that the kingdom of God, this 
presence of God, this rule of God, is also the salvation that God provides. And so it's important that we recognize that we are a part of a work that is in progress. It's something that is taking place that was established by Jesus. And no one can see the kingdom unless they are born of the Spirit, unless the Spirit of God quickens their life, makes them alive. There is an awareness to these things that God then takes your life and causes it to be part of this movement that he is doing. And now we are the ones that are supposed to be doing it as well. And and he gives some examples of what this kingdom looks like in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, just a couple of the parables, verses 44 and 46. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had, bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So the kingdom of God is something that is so valuable, it's worth everything that you own. You'd be willing to sell this and to bury this so that you could have it later on, get rid of all the things that you normally had just to have this one precious thing. The kingdom of God is something that is so valuable, so monumental that it changed the lives of these people in this parable. And he's telling us what is supposed to take place in our hearts, that God is supposed to get hold of our hearts and it's more valuable than anything else. This is what we've been made for. This is what we are longing for. This is what we desire. This is what the world desires. This is what we need. This is what all humanity needs. And now you are invited to it. You found it. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to cherish this? Because it is so valuable. It is so important The kingdom of heaven is now in the people of God. And some say that we are the treasure that God has found. The kingdom of heaven has now been uncovered and revealed through you, his church. And the question is then, is it that valuable to me? Is it that important to me? What is important what moves me sometimes we're moved just because we have to be right you're moved by your children to get up take care of them when they're screaming right it moves you (laughs) children you're moving me right now And you take care of that. Why? Because it's something that's important. You have to handle it. You have to deal with it. You're moved by your work. You have to get up. You have to go to work. You're moved by school. You have to get up and go to school. You're moved by situations where you have to get up and and do these things. But how is the kingdom of God moving you? How are the things of God moving you? Because we are born of the Spirit. And where the wind blows, you don't know, but it is how we are supposed to be. As the work of God takes place, we go as God leads. How is God leading you? 
And that's where we have so many questions. We want to know. I want to know, God, just lead me. God, just lead me. What does God want me to do? Does God want me to go to, to Africa, to Haiti, to Mexico, to Bakersfield? Where does God want me to go? But you see, I, I think what we're doing is thinking about this from a person on the outside looking in instead of recognizing that you're on the inside and supposed to be looking out, that you are actually a part of the movement. It's not so much just what you do, it's first who you are and recognizing how valuable this is to you. You know, recently my daughter got this bag because she's at school and she has these, you know, books that she has to carry and they have books still they, you know and she carries her laptop and all her stuff and so she I mean it's she had a backpack and it was huge and it's heavy but she got this bag and she said dad look at this bag it's normally like 190 something dollars and I got it for 40 bucks right and she's like excited about this bag and she's showing it and she's opening it up Now, she came into my room to show me her bag because she was excited about it, because she saved all this money, not because I'm a bag connoisseur, right? Oh, that's fine stitching on that bag there. Look at that handle. Yes. I don't know that bag from any other bag. But why'd she come to me? Because she was excited about it. She had this incredible deal. You see, she found something that was valuable to her and she shared it to her dad, even though her dad knows nothing about bags because it moved her. She moved. And I think sometimes we ask, God, where do you want me to go? We're asking because we're not really being moved anywhere. We want to know where God wants us to move to. And God's saying, I I first want you to just move. I want you to move towards me. I want you to see the value because there shouldn't be a difficulty in telling someone about this incredible news if it's incredible news to you. And many of you who have been followers of Christ for a period of time, maybe you remember a time when you first came to faith and how excited you were. I remember telling people about Jesus and I don't even remember what I said. And I don't think it was right. But I was excited. Who knows what I told them about Jesus? I mean, I was so out there, uh, my mind and what I thought. But all I know is now God got a hold of me and I just had to tell some people. And it didn't matter how much I knew. It mattered what was happening to me. And so the question is, what's happening to you in this relationship? Maybe it's time to recalibrate your heart and say, God, where am I with you? Where am I? I don't want to be in Bakersfield. I want to I be here with you. I want the kingdom of God to be a reality and something that is important to me. I want it to be something that is substantial. So what does the kingdom of God look like? What, what, what is it supposed to look like in my life? Well, blessed are the poor or the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek. The kingdom of God looks like meekness. Those who hunger, who thirst for what is right. The kingdom of God looks like that. Those who are merciful. The kingdom of God looks like mercy being shown. Those who are peacemakers. The kingdom of God looks like peace being made through you. You see, these are things that the kingdom of God looks like, and you carry it with you if you belong to him. And it moves us, and it changes us. Last week, it was one of my granddaughter's birthday. Their birthdays are like a week apart. You know, it's it's hard to get used to dates and remember these things, you know, and now I've got two more, three more dates. I don't even remember where Jude is born, but he was born. I got a while before I have to remember that one, okay? He's only four months old. And, and so there's these birthdays, and so for the girls' birthdays, because they're a week apart, we, we wanted to go to Disneyland, and so we went to Disneyland with the girls, and, you know, one's 11, one was nine, she just turned 10, and so they, they both have these different personalities, one wants to go. I mean, she wants to go, like, all the time. I mean, you, you, you're standing waiting to go to the car, and she's running to the car. And you're saying, stop, you know, don't run in the parking lot. I feel like a dad again. You know, I'm just yelling all these things. And, and the other one, you know, is real mellow. One wants to go on all the roller coasters, and the other one wants to go on the little storybook land, you know, where you see all the little houses, and it's slow, and it's all serene. And so I'm with the one who wants to go on all the things, right? And Karina's with the serene. I don't know why it worked that way. It seemed to be a natural fit, you know? So I kept running and saying, come on, follow me. No, it was like... So, so we went on all the rides and going on the roller coasters, but there is this kind of pull. What do you want to do? I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And this pulling and this going, and, and it's just this kind of frantic thing. And, you know, they haven't been with us this long. And the one girl who's 11 has only been with us a month now. And, and so we go to Disneyland, and it was last week, I think, and, and as we're there and things are just kind of hectic and crazy and, and running and I'm just kind of like, man, I forgot what it was like to live like this. You know, this is wild. And so we're going and all of a sudden she reaches out her hand and grabs hold of mine. Just spontaneous on her own. meant nothing to her. I was there. <laughs> I'm just like, she, you, know, you see... In just three weeks' time, she felt comfortable enough that she could take my hand and know that it was secure and that it was safe. You see, to me, the kingdom of God looks like that. It looks like a place where you can be safe and you can call it home and you can find love and you can find the peace and you can find the mercy and you know the things that are right where your heart can be comforted. The kingdom of God looks like this and it shows up in our lives in very practical and natural ways. And it's something that I want to see happen to more than just my grandchildren. I want to see it happen to all the children 
who struggle without a home. I want to see it happen to all the people who have been wounded, who have been hurt, who have been cheated on, all the people who are struggling with their hurts, their habits, and their hang-ups. I want to see it happening in the lives of everyone I meet because it has changed my life because I remember what it was like before I had this faith that changed me, that set me free, that gave me a home, that was the hand that I could hold on to. I can remember laying in my bed at night, looking up at the ceiling, thinking, what is this all about? And being haunted with this ominous thought that there was nothing that had meaning, that it was hopeless, that there was no peace to be found. And then I remember when peace found me and I don't want that to die. I want my life to be recalibrated because this is at the core of who we are. Mission is why the church exists. So everything we do at Genesis has at its core, we are doing this to reach the world around us because they need the hope that is present here in the person of Jesus that shows up in the people of Jesus. And it's so important that we see the value of this And it moves us because we are supposed to be people of the wind. We are supposed to be people who are moving. And if we are not moving, something is wrong. Then the spirit of God is not at work within us the way perhaps he should be. John chapter 20 John says this, he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, that's what it comes down to. We are here because of Jesus. And just as John wrote, I wrote all this so that you would believe that Jesus is the anointed one, that Jesus is the representative of God for humanity. He's come for you. He has given his life sacrificially for you, that the way is open for you to God and that you might have life in his name. And you talk about getting excited over a bag, get excited about life. What'd you get? I got life today. How much did you pay for it? It was free for me, but it cost Jesus his. This is the gospel. This is the word of God, by the way, that is spoken about throughout the scripture. When it says, I didn't cease to proclaim to you the word of God, what is he talking about? He's talking about this message. I didn't stop to declare to you the full, all the word of God. What is that? That is the gospel message. And now that is entrusted to you and to I. It is what dominates the conversation of those who have been dominated by Jesus. It is what moves the life of those who are being moved by Jesus. It is supposed to be something that occupies our minds and our lives, no matter what we do. You see, I am a a full-time follower of Jesus. I'm a part-time dog trainer. I'm a full-time disciple of Jesus Christ. 
I'm a part-time pastor. I'm a full-time child of the king and part of the kingdom of God. And I'm a part-time everything else. See, this is the treasure. This is the pearl. This is the value that we have in the kingdom of God. And the invitation is to us not to just be a part of it, but to further it. In fact, you will never be satisfied in your life until you are a part of the work that God is doing and wants to do through your life. And it's so important that you grasp that. That you were created to be a part of what God is doing. And if you come up to me and say, well, what does God want me to do? I can't tell you. God has to tell you. There are so many things to do. Change the world where you're at. Well, the world's a big place. It needs a lot of changing. You want to help with the homeless? There's ways you can do that. You want to help with children who need help in school and education? You can do something like that. You want to go to another country and help people over there? You can do that. You want to help clean up your community? You can help do that. You want to pray? You can do that. We did that for 40 days. It definitely recalibrated my mind. There's so much you can do. Change the world where you live for the good of God. If you don't know what that is, then seek God for it. Look at the scriptures, pray, and beg God to give you vision for your life because you will not be satisfied until you are a part of the wind and movement of God. You were created for this purpose. And remember, that's what the church is about. We are on mission. We are a people of the wind Mission is why the church exists. God wanted to show himself to the world and he chose to do it through you and I. And so everything we do at Genesis wants to keep this in mind. Whether it's doing quarter notes for kids, you can bring your friends, we can connect and have family. We want to hold your hand. You need some help in your relationship. You can go to Connect. Everyone is welcome there. You'll get some input and help to go and move in that direction and the things that we do. The women's meetings, you want to get together. You want to find out some areas of life. You can meet at one of the things. Get together. It's word and deed. You'll, you'll find a place where you can connect to God and connect people to God. Family night, bring your friends we're not going to show the end time movie series, okay? We're going to connect with people. I was really happy I didn't remember the name. I was like, I don't even know the name. But good, don't even go there. But it's an opportunity for us to connect. You see, we're not just, let's get together and have popcorn and pizza. No, let's, let's get together and bring this family together and let's make this family bigger. Let's widen our arms. Let's do what's necessary so that we can extend our reach instead of closing our doors. Let's extend our lives to the place that God wants us to because he wants all to be saved. He wants all to be a part of this kingdom. 
He is extending himself to all. And he wants to do it through us. So that all that we do has this in mind, which includes a building. It's not the goal. It's just a stepping stone towards the goal, which is mission is why we're here. We are open to do whatever God would lead us to do. And if we don't have a building, we're still going to do ministry in our community, in Haiti, in Mexico, and wherever else might open up. Reaching out to the homeless, it's not going to stop us from being who we are. But if it can help us to be who we are better, then we want to do it but it motivates every decision we make. When we get together as leaders, we talk about things. These core values are what we want to come back to. How does this extend? Because we are here with a purpose. We are people of the wind. We are to be moved by God, and we are moved by God because God has moved in us. Let's pray. Father, there are so many times in my life where I had to recalibrate myself and once again recognize who you are to me, what you have done for me, the life that I now have in you, things that have become routine or maybe mundane, things that I have taken for granted. You need to quicken them to me, Lord, and help me to see what I truly have, to be grateful for the life that I have been given, to see beyond myself and into the kingdom itself. And Lord, I've, I know that there are people here this morning who are like me and, and need sometimes to be regenerated again. They, they need a, an awakening. They, they need a quickening Father, not that they have left you or, or you have left them, but, Father, the love has grown cold and, and the, the fire has dwindled down to just smoldering. And, Lord, we know that what we need only comes from you. And may your Holy Spirit fan into flame this life that you have given to us. And, Father, I am asking that we at Genesis would be part of the work you're doing and I'm asking, Lord, that you would make us people that are alive with you and with the hope that is given by you. I want to ask everyone here, if you are in a place right now and you feel like the Spirit of God is now blowing into your heart the need to rekindle some things, the, the need to prioritize things differently, the, the need to be awakened to the kingdom of God that he wants you to be a part of, and you want to acknowledge that moving, would you stand up with me? And if you are here and you feel this need to be a part of the kingdom of God, but you just don't know how to be a part of it. You don't know what to do. And you're frustrated because you feel like you're just stuck. You know Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. You know that you have life in him, but that life is just stagnant and it's not blowing anywhere and you want it to be on the move. 
you want to ask God to help move you, would you also stand up? Father, we are standing here because we want to be a part of what you're doing. And Lord, as there is recognition that there needs to be changes, there needs to be growth, there needs to be movement, Lord, there is also recognition that much of that has to do with how we live and the things that we do, what we give ourselves to. And so we stand here and commit ourselves to you afresh. We, we stand here and say, God, we don't want the kingdom of God to take place and us not be part of the building. We don't want your work to go on and us not go on with it. Lord, we acknowledge that there needs to be movement in my life towards you. Lord, what we want is to be your disciples be the people who are moved by you, the people who are following in your steps, to be the people who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, people who are recognizing the poverty in spirit, the people who are, are mourning for the world that we live in and the hurts that happen, people who are merciful, the people who are making peace, Father, we want to move in the areas that you are in. So I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us here this morning, God. Open our eyes in the understanding of what your will is. And it may be simple as taking someone's hand and holding it. It may be as simple as inviting someone to a breakfast or to women's meeting or to a family night. It may be as simple as saying, hello, how are you? It may be as simple as saying, I've got something so important to tell you that has changed my life. It may be just recognizing how much you have changed our lives and are changing our lives. So God, we dedicate ourselves to you. We stand here as your children hungering and thirsting. We stand here needing your mercy. Father, we stand here poor in spirit. We we stand here, Lord, in such need. But we are empty that you might fill us. We thank you for being gracious, loving, and patient. Have your way in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand together with me. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. God bless you guys. Have a wondrous Memorial Day weekend. Remember, may our lives be recalibrated by the Spirit of God. God bless you guys. 
You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.